The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello. Before we get into this week's episode, we just want to thank our latest review lever because we love it when you leave us reviews. And so we always like to thank our review levers. So yeah, thank you to Cat Callie for leaving us an awesome iTunes review. And just a reminder that we are halfway to our 50 review goal for sending out gay owl stickers to one-fifth of the review leavers. If you think about a pie chart, you guys, one-fifth is a lot. <laughs> we, we haven't forgotten about this contest. It's still going on. So uh, now is a perfect time to leave us a five-star review. Yeah, like literally hundreds of you listen to this podcast on the first day that it comes out reliably every single week. So if just a fraction of you rushed out right now and literally logged like jumped on iTunes, clicked the five star button and wrote, I love this, then in like one day we would be done with the thing. And like there's a really good chance that you would get a gay owl sticker in the mail for it. So I don't know. Incentive. Yeah. And also, big exciting news. Jesse, tell them the big exciting news. We have a shop. We have a shop. With sweet merch that you too could own and let the world know how queer you are and how much you love Harry Potter. Exactly. We have t-shirts with our logo on them they're black t-shirts even though those are more expensive to get printed because we love you and we know no one wants to wear a white t-shirt we have stickers two kinds square ones and die cut stickers we have mugs that are white people don't mind white mugs i think i mean you can, you can clean a, a white mug much easier than you can clean a t-shirt a Correct. white t-shirt um we also have postcards with a selection of our episode cover art from this season this current season you can send them to your friends you can use them as birthday cards you You can can put them on your fridge put them on your fridge send them to your senator and tell them whatever issue they are they are failing at you can please use the was jesus a witch postcard (laughs) To send to your senator and demand that they do a better job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, if you do that, please take a picture and send it to us so that we can put it on the internet. You guys, or just... like, or like, tag us in a photo. Yes, we would love nothing please. more. 
please. <laughs> I like am ready. I'm just ready to cry in general right now, but I am like ready to cry with excitement about someone <laughs> doing this. All right. Yeah. So go to thegailyprofit.com slash shop if you want to buy rad merch and we will send it to you. So all sorts of good stuff. And with that, hello and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we're going to be talking about just chapter 16 through the trap door because our internet poll. Uh, we've listened to you listeners and you said you want us to only do one chapter an episode so we are going to do that but sometimes we'll do one chapter in two episodes like the last chapter when they're really <laughs> heavy and there's a fuckload to talk about yeah so, so i guess we'll see if this is going to be one episode or not because i have a lot of things to talk about oh this boy chapter. um so recap for those of you who are maybe not reading along uh, after exams, Harry realizes that Hagrid told the rando who gave him the egg how to get past Fluffy. <laughs> Finally deciding to alert an adult, Harry is ignored and decides to go after the stone with Ron and Hermione's help. <laughs> Through a series of quote-unquote powerful enchantments, which include a chess game, key catching and riddles that literal children can get through harry is finally about to face whoever whomever is searching for the stone dun 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 (laughs) oh my god he really summed it up (laughs) great that was great yes okay so We begin this week's newspaper with today's headlines. Hogwarts headmaster accused of sending children through a dangerous obstacle course to fight a mass murderer. (laughs) Yes, accurate and (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Uh, Should we, I guess, go to the uh, front page? Yes, welcome to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of the newspaper. And despite the fact that this is a very heavy chapter full of a lot of important things to talk about, my first front page note is, um, with the squid tickling. Oh, yeah, I actually, I have a, I have a thing about that because it sounds like an, a sexual innuendo, but it's not. I also have a corrections corner about squids because what the fuck? <laughs> it's a magic squid. <laughs> yeah, so. no, it sounds like so sexual and also like J.K. Rowling just wanted to like prime children for tentacle porn. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. It was very weird and it made me have to look up giant squids really quickly to be like i don't think this is how they would act so that's definitely true and they also don't live in lakes no so we should talk about squids are so fucking cool yes um the new york the new york city natural history museum has a bunch of like weird basically giant dioramas and they have this like one that's like awesome where it's like 
a giant squid fighting a sperm whale, like giant, like 20 feet long diorama. And it's like my favorite thing. That is amazing. They're very neat. Anyway, so what's your first front page? Um, I just perpetual heart emojis for Neville, who is like concerned about Harry not sleeping. And it's like, oh, it's nerves. And Harry's like having these terrible nightmares. And I'm like, Neville, you are so pure and good. He's so good. Yes. Perpetual heart eye, heart emoji around Neville. Slash crying emoji. One or the other. I think both like it's interspersed, really. Mm-hmm. Um, my tender babe. Yeah, I. So my next one is um kind of similar. It's just like I had such a tender reaction to when they're talking to McGonagall and she's like, "Why do you want to talk to Dumbledore?" And Harry says, "It's sort of a secret." And it's just like, "You are eleven. Like that is so sweet." Yeah. Oh. It's sort of the first time that they actually act 11 in the book, you know? Yeah. I actually, I talk about that more in education. McGonagall being a jackass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole separate thing from just Harry being cute about secrets. I know. It's kind of a secret. What a baby. (laughs) Um, I just want to mention that uh, this is the first time we hear about the weirdos at the hogshead and i just really like it because it's like we don't learn more about this until book five so it's just kind of cool yeah so. the hogshead is quite a place it it really is it's definitely the bar i would go to i feel like i've been in bars like the hogshead oh yeah like, definitely so I'm kind of like oh it's a dive bar so everyone just i'm just like yep i'm yep it's it feels like a very homey bar because i'm like oh i'd go there there's definitely a year in my youth, I think like the year that I was 22, that I did all of my studying in like a basement dive bar drinking pitchers of PBR and studying for philosophy exams, which I feel like it's a really neat little snapshot of who I was at 22. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I really love that moment where Hermione is like, they're not going to fucking expel me. I got 117% on an exam. It's like, yes! I also have that and then I just wrote next to my note, just like bow down, bitches. Yes! I'm, like, I'm just like, yes! Exe- like my queen! <laughs> they're not going to expel you! <laughs> yeah. It's real good. Um, And I also noted that <laughs> Little Trevor is trying so hard to escape, and I just wanted to remind him that we here at the Gaily Prophet are rooting for you, Trevor. <laughs> Get out! Trying, to Get trying to the woods. So hard to leave. <laughs> Go ahead, your turn. Uh, just Hagrid and his drinking problem, and how easily to manipulate he is. He's like, "Oh, the dude kept feeding me drinks." I know. And like, oh, Hagrid, no. I know. It's like the way that that's set up where it's like Hagrid would die before he betrayed Vol- or betrayed Voldemort before he betrayed Dumbledore and then like one second later it was like really that's true objectively except Hagrid would betray literally anyone by total accident. 
Yeah. I don't know if we published that meme already or not of like a kid trying to hide behind a lamppost and it says how Hagrid tries to protect the secrets. It's just like it's very accurate. The intention is there. We'll definitely be doing that for this episode. I think yeah. that's what I want to wait. But like yeah, exactly. I'm just like my dude just he's trying so hard and he cannot do it. No. No, he cannot. So you know how honorifics are a bummer for non-binary people? Yeah. Uh, I realized. So in general, my preferred honorific is my liege. <laughs> Excellent. Thank <That's> you. amazing. <laughs> but I did realize while reading this chapter that a new goth goal of mine is to earn the honorific your bloodiness, which is what Peeves <laughs> calls the bloody baron. Oh my god. <laughs> so I so, have a little work to do. So perfect. I I will support you on this journey and I cannot wait. I can't wait to start correcting people like from, you know, tell whoever, people who call you on the phone and use honorifics. It's the only time anyone uses those and be like, I'm sorry, it's your bloodiness. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a really good uh, way. I should just start telling, saying that to telemarketers, man. They'll leave me alone. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> They'd yeah, probably be like, probably. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just want to point out that, like, how really understated Peeves' power, like, like magical abilities are, where, like, he notices them under the invisibility cloak when, like, Mrs. Norris, who in all of the purposes should be able to sense the kids, does not. And I'm like, oh, it's a really good thing Peeves only wants to just, like, fuck with the kids and not, like, try to murder anyone. Because he probably could. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. Well spotted. I really wish that this whole music situation worked on my dogs. <laughs> Quite badly. <laughs> It doesn't even have to be music for Fluffy. Have you like? Do you imagine like Harry just like, dude, dude? <laughs> it's like, like he has a kazoo owl. or something, and it's I just know. like not even music. It's his owl flute, which should mean that like Fluffy out in the world every time a bird sings is just like passing out on the ground. I mean, maybe. That's cute. What else do you have on the front page? I just want to mention that it actually is very brave of Neville to stand up to the gang when they're like, you're about to break some rules. Like, we can't afford to do this. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And he's fucking right. It's like, to him, he's just like, literally, what are you doing that's going to, like, get us all in trouble? Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. And it's just heart heartbreaking, shattering. I would not have been able to do that if I was 11. No. And uh, just everything about it, like, you're the one who told me to stand up to people and just like every step of the way that scene just it's it's bad i mean it's it's just it's just it's just sort of rough and like ron is just so mean and then harry's like i don't want to do anything hermione do something about this and he does (laughs) and it's like cool okay dudes yeah i think i don't know where i have my reaction to having a body bind 
curse. I th- oh, I have the, that whole thing in politics, although the whole thing, quote unquote, is just, oh my God, Neville. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we can definitely talk more about that scene in There's politics. not really more to say other than it makes my whole heart break and that the idea of having a body bind curse put on me just thinking about it makes me have a panic attack and I can't I know. It's imagine. like fucking... How long is he laying there like that? So long. <sighs> yeah, it it just sounds like, yeah, it's like the horrors of sleep paralysis, but like... I mean, as if Neville needed more fucking PTSD, but like, God, that sounds so traumatic to like not be able to move, but be fully present in your mind. It sounds like his eyelids are petrified, but like his eyes aren't, so probably... He, like, can't even blink. I mean, it can't be that... I mean, I feel like it can't go that far, because, like, he still needs to breathe. So, like... Great point. I mean, it just still sounds like a fucking anxiety attack, like, the entire time. So So awful. Uh, I only have one more thing for the front page. Okay. So, literally, the only locked door in this whole obstacle course is fucking Flitwick's, and then it's just still full of keys. (laughs) With broomsticks. And I'm like, no. and it's like, oh, a Laura Moore didn't work. I'm like, cool, finally a door that is locked without a Laura Mora. Like, why the fuck isn't the trap door locked? Like, I just chained that shit up. I definitely wrote good or something in my, I was very happy. Um, my last thing on the front page is just like, why did they assume that Snape would wait until nighttime to go after the stone, given that he's a teacher and he can do whatever the fuck he wants? And then also, addendum to that, it's very convenient that Coral waited until nighttime to go after the stone. It sure is really convenient. We turn to editorials, where we rant about stuff. Okay, so this is to McGonagall. The stone is too well protected. Oh, really? A pack of enchantments, eh? Is what I say to her because, like, what are you talking about? Like, okay, so I kind of, I have, like, basically the entire discussion of the obstacle course here in editorials. Is that cool with you to talk about here? Yeah, let's talk about it now. So... Okay. Oh, like, yeah, the rest of my editorials are actually about that section. So, yeah, let's, perfect. let's, let's go. So, okay, so, like, an adult wizard would use uh, a- Akio. Akio. That, why don't I never know how to say that spell? I feel like I would say Asio, but I feel like that's not a correct, the correct pronunciation either. A summoning charm. <laughs> an go. adult wizard would use a summoning charm to pull down the keys one at a time and then would like freeze them and put them on the floor as they didn't work. So why are there broomsticks there at all? And also what is this supposed to do except stall for time? And why is there more than one broomstick? Yeah, it's so weird because even if like Quirrell was like, I'm going to fly and get this thing. Why, are there, why would there be more than one broomstick? Um, I think that whatever it was that this pack of enchantments that McGonagall has referenced was at the beginning of the year is no longer what it is. I think that Dumbledore has been spying on the kids all year and he went and changed the entire thing to be for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. 
And I wrote, I bet Neville, or Neville, I bet Quirrell was so confused when he got down there and was like, wait a second, this is not what we did. What's happening here? Because I, I think that that like, I think that this is Dumbledore's doing, which is why I had it under NSA watch because I think he's just been like spying and was like, oh, Ron's really good at chess, eh? Like just went through and created this just for them. Oh, Harry's a great seeker. We could do a thing with keys. So that's really interesting. I think I have a slightly, I feel like, I, I feel like I've always had a slightly different take on this whole like, right, pack of enchantments. Is that... I mean, I think you're right that Dumbledore definitely has, like, fucked with all this shit. Because, yeah, it's just, it's so suspect that, like, 11-year-old, like, first-year 11-year-old kids who, like, barely have learned how to do magic and get through this thing set up by adults. And I think, I don't know, I guess it could be a thing where it's, like, them, like, you could, you could, I mean, you could say that, like, one of these things could, like, trip up one person and trap them in that room, you know? Until, mm-hmm. like, Dumbledore or whoever could show up. But it's just, it's just, it's just too convenient. It's just so... Because, well, so what makes me think that is that a lot of these things, the way that these kids solve them are in no way the way an adult wizard would solve them. Because even, like, potions, you can break them down to their component parts. Also, you can, like, open the bottles and smell them and rule out which ones are wine pretty easily. That's true. <laughs> but that also, is actually so true. <laughs> there's there's a lot here that are like, this is how these kids are solving these things. But again, like, an adult wizard would use a summoning charm. An adult wizard would not even do the logic part of that logic puzzle. They'd be like, okay, this one's wine, this one's wine. I know what wine is like. And like these ones, I mean, they might be familiar with the potions and would be able to just rule it out by, right, like smelling and and seeing. There Mm -hmm. are spells that you can use to to reveal what things are. So it just, a grown wizard witch, damn, a grown witch would not use these skills to solve Mm. these problems which is why i feel like it's been specifically tailored for these children because it just hermione's observation that like just because you're a good witch doesn't mean that you're good at logic is like yeah that's true but you don't actually have to be good at logic to be able to get past this situation there's like a lot of ways that's true to solve it that are different than what they're doing yeah no that is true yeah and it's just it's just tied up like it's just so neatly put together for like the kids Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's only like the littlest bit of lip service to that in the last chapter where hermione's like this is fucked up if dumbledore sent you on purpose and and like harry's like whatever no it's fine like he gave me a chance to go do it and i'm like no we're gonna talk about this in the next chapter calm down calm down (laughs) but i will still say that these kids still could have died doing like going through this even if it was like sort of dumbed down and tailored for these kids like if for example hermione was like i don't want to fucking do this here and ron would have get killed by the devil's snare they would have been choked to death like you know yep so 
I know. It's it's really upsetting. I found that there were like large sections of both of these chapters where I like couldn't take notes because the only notes that I had in my head was mostly me just wanting to like scribble all over the page. The like feelings that I was having were like more than words could express. Like the fear that I have for Ron in that chess scene is giant. It just all is very like what the fuck? I I do have some like like remember that time Ron crashed into the ceiling on his broom? That was really funny. <laughs> I liked that part. I mean, I act- I actually have a thing about Ron in this editorial section. Oh yeah. Ron's a problem. No, that is that that growl is the appropriate response. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't shush him. Rufio's right. <laughs> Rufio is right. Yeah. We should capture just that sound bite of him growling to insert every time we say Ron's name. <laughs> I mean, Ron, Ron has his moments. This chapter, he has two good moments and then like 20 terrible moments. Right. In this chapter. The, and it's so sandwiched in that devil snare situation where he's like, a horrible dick and then it's like his like are you a witch or not you're like yeah ron and then he's like a horrible dick again and you're like what mm. kind of roller coaster ride are you taking me on right now yeah okay but here's my last thing specifically about the obstacle course itself mm-hmm. and i'm really just quirrell already went through the yeah. obstacle course Hermione's like, this is the one for me. This is the one for you. She drinks her potion. She walks through the purple fire. What if Harry opened that bottle and it was empty? (laughs) Coral already drank that potion. (laughs) What if he was just stuck in there? What if Coral didn't even drink any of the potion and was just like, oh, I can just get past this enchanted fire. Like, fuck you, Snape. Yeah, that is an excellent point because you're right because i read it and i'm like there's only a mouthful like how is there even still potion like what yeah (sighs) which is actually too bad because i kind of love snape's emo drama crane like riddle that he creates like i love it (laughs) i love it so much i'm just like bro you spent so much time crafting this it rhymes and um, and I just kind of love Hermione's response of like, oh, this is my jam. Like, uh-huh. oh, a logic puzzle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm here for that. And I'm just like, oh, Hermione. I would never have solved that puzzle. No. No, neither have I. Uh-uh. Uh, I panic in the face of things like that. I would also be like, oh, half this is poison. I don't want to drink any of these. Right? Yeah. So. It's not worth it. Because then the wine was there. I could be like, oh, just this wine. It's fine. Right. <laughs> drunk and then you get brave and be like here's to me hopefully this is the right potion if i drink enough i won't feel my my skin being burnt when i walk through the fire right oh boy so backtracking i guess to Ron being bashed in the skull by a chess piece and how terrible that is. Oh, I was backing tra- backtracking even further because really, like, this whole, my whole editorial, sort of after, like, McGonagall, me being disbelieving of her, like, a, 
if we're assuming that the obstacle course is what it what she thinks is down there, it's ridiculous that she thinks it's well protected. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that like she thinks something much more is protecting this stone. But then we come to what the fuck is this plan? Get the stone before Snape and then what? Especially because like it's especially bananas. Oh, here we go. I have a whole thing about like Harry and his distrust and his distrust of adults and like what's going on here. But like basically it's like it's bananas cuz I'm just like Harry, you're 11. You weigh like 60 pounds. Like somebody could ki- a good kick would take you out, let alone like a, a full-grown witch using spells. Like what do you think is going to happen? Right. I so like every there <laughs> The note that I wrote down is, remember the 75 times that Harry says, go send a letter to Dumbledore? Go fucking do that right now. Like every single, it's at least three separate times that he's like, if this, then go send a letter to Dumbledore. And every single time I like underlined it was like, no, just go do that. Not as a like, as a, if in case something else, then go do that. Just go do that. Like, what are you doing? Why? Why? What does he think? What does he think? He's he's like, I'm going to go stall Snape. In what way? Like, you think that this man was willing to throw you off of a broom to your death. What kind of stalling are you anticipating doing, Harry Potter? <laughs> Listeners, yeah. Jesse is sitting there with a fully disbelieving face on with absolutely no words because there are none. I mean, it it is, it is totally, it's totally bonkers. Like, right. Like he's like not thinking like, yeah. Like what is he going to do? Like shoot sparks at, at like, <laughs> like that's basically the extent of what he can do. But I'm just, I think it's kind of like, he thinks no one else is going to help. And, like, in his experience, it's not like adults are useful or helpful. And, like, even in this chapter, adults aren't useful or helpful. Right. So it's kind of like, I get where he's like, well, fuck it. And, like, you know. I mean, yeah, he doesn't think this through. And it's even weird that Hermione isn't even like, what are you going to do against a grown-ass witch? You know? But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think we should, and I assume you have it in politics, too, like, talking about harry's motivator i understand his motivators but i don't understand his plan i guess is what i'm saying i guess just because i just have one more editorial which is dropping down into a hole when you don't have any idea how far it goes is a very very bad decision to make like they're children so they assume that like the plan is that you just drop down to the bottom of this hole and it will probably be okay but like they're not thinking like if this was set up to stop an adult wizard it would be set up with the idea that anybody dropping down there would know how to perform for instance a cushioning charm like there would be 
there's no reason for there to be something to stop their fall at all. Because if this if this was to stop an adult wizard, there would be the assumption that they would know spells that would that would help them with this situation. I mean, even do they even like use Lumos to even see how far it goes? I feel like it's just like, oh, it's a dark hole. I don't think they know Lumos yet. Right. Oh, was a random hole. Okay, I'll just jump into it. Harry could have splattered against the, the stone. This is what my health and science is about, so we will talk about the fact that they should be dead. But Okay. Yeah, and so I guess that actually now that I'm saying it out loud, like goes back to reinforcing the fact that this was clearly created for these children because that devil snare was put there to stop them from dying because they don't have a spell to help them jump into a hole of unknown falling distance without dying yeah i mean they should have been they should have been dead yeah (laughs) quite a few points even so even with the devil snare there they should probably be dead but uh yeah also again it makes no sense for that trapdoor to have been unlocked like i mean i guess since quirrell went through it but like you're fucking it's fucking magic like you unlock it once and it's just unlocked it's i mean works. fucking quirrell didn't even shut the door to fluffy so i'm gonna go ahead and assume that like That's if it fair. was locked quirrell left it unlocked it probably wasn't locked but <laughs> probably was not locked okay what else what do you have in editorials the only other thing that i have is that like i'm very upset about hermione selling herself short in the when they're in like Snape's puzzle room when she's just like oh I'm just like books and cleverness and I'm like bitch they would have died like three times before Harry even gotten to this point yep. like wh- why like what I know it, and then Harry's it, just like okay yeah whatever and right like, I know oh. I it mm, uh-huh and it, I I feel like this is this is evidence for our ongoing theory about Hermione's like abuse history and trauma because there's just absolutely no there I want to say there's no reason for her to think this about herself but like there is because this is also the the feedback that she gets from outsiders including fucking Ron that like she's not likable and she's not like all she's good for is her brain and that's all she's good for but also it's like a bad thing about her and so it's this like externally reinforced both explicitly and implicitly thing that she believes about herself but it's also just fucking wrong and it's horrible it is it is fucking wrong i also feel like this is also uh very unfortunately feeds into like hermione being black that it's like she's probably been getting a lot of like fucking racist ass like the same sort of like racist ass feedback that chill that like black children get where it's just like you're you know like you're not you're not worth it anyway and she's like using academia to try to be like i'm a worthwhile person but it's still kind of like oh like well that's that's the best part of you. And it's like, no, Hermione, you are a fucking good ass person. Like you deserve so much better. Yeah. <laughs> like so much. Yep. And it's just like, I'm like, don't believe these racist assholes. And then these magical racist assholes about your blood or whatever you want, however you want to describe 
blood status, bigotry, whatever. That, like, oh, no. yeah, that's a great point, too. So, like... Right, because she's probably also getting that shit because she's, she's muggle-born. And I'm like, girl, no. You are better than all these assholes. <laughs> like, so much better. Right, so she has it coming in on, like, three... Minimum three different levels. Four, really, if you just take, like, her her, like, mental illness slash, like, PTSD stuff into it as sort of like her baseline of existence and then she has it coming in from for three different reasons externally on top of the shit that she's already dealing with which in reality just makes her even more fucking impressive and like deserving of everything like right right just promote her to headmaster (laughs) (laughs) From first year to headmaster, right now, Hermione Granger. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. It sounds like our first story in politics today is, fuck off Ron. Jesse, take it away. Oh my god, he is mean to, I think, in order... My sweet, tender cinnamon roll, Neville, <laughs> Mrs. Norris, and then Hermione like eight times when she's like fucking saving their lives. It's like, Ron, can you at least fucking thank, thank her for not letting you get strangled by the fucking devil's snare? Like, bro, bro. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm so glad we know what it's called. That's really helpful. That's a shitty way to talk to people. Don't do it. You're not funny. You're not interesting. It's shitty. It's just shitty. And I feel like... And I feel like it comes off especially shitty from, like, cis white dudes. Like Ron. Like, it just... It just it just comes off like just, like, you just completely dismissing, like, what other people are saying. And it's like... There's, there's no reason for Ron to be this dismissive of, like... Neville's concerns of Hermione literally saving his ass. Like, it's just... Yeah. But yes, you are correct. (laughs) Being sarcastic is mean. And people who think... And I honestly feel like it's mostly cis white dudes who are like, I'm joking. I'm just being sarcastic. And it's like, you know that really what you mean right now is I am trying to make you feel bad about the fact that I'm being mean to you and it's hurting your feelings. Being mean to people is not, I mean, even if you're like, LOL, I'm joking, it's like it's not funny if you're still being mean to people. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, fuck off, Ron. <laughs> that's, that's where we are. That particular line where Hermione's like, this is Devil Snare, and it's like fucking clear that she's thinking, and he's like, I'm so glad we know what it's called now. I'm going to strangle him. Which the devil snare is doing for me, so good job, plant. <laughs> I feel like I felt this is kind of why I don't know. I feel like I have kind of some. I've always kind of had feelings about like Ron having to like her, remind Hermione that she is a witch and that she can do magic, and I'm like, I know this is a very stressful situation, but I'm like, I don't know if she would like. I don't know. I mean, she's definitely panicked in that moment where she's like, oh, we need wood. Like, 
She is doing the same thing that she does when they get to the logic puzzle. She's reasoning it out. She would have got there. I get that this is sort of like a you need to get there quick situation, but she was like, it likes the dark and damp. And I mean, Harry was there right away with like, okay, so fire. But like, she's still processing, right? Like, she's in a space doing things the way that she knows how to do them. And Harry has provided a piece of information and it's like interrupted her process, right? So she has to like, you know, recalibrate to get to that yeah. point. And so it's just like, she's she's going to get there. Right? Yeah, she would have got she would have gotten there before they died. Right. I in my mind, when she like shoots the flames, she's shooting them at Ron. <laughs> I'm like, you can scoop those up. Please be lighting Ron on fire. <laughs> she, <laughs> really she, she definitely is shooting them at Ron. So Good. I just uh, I think I I just don't I don't like the way that Ron treats Hermione and I feel like I feel like it's not I don't I don't think any characters explicitly say it but I feel like it's played towards a like oh he's mean to her because he likes her and I'm like he's no he's really mean to her like if Hermione was just like fuck both of you I don't want to be friends with you anymore like she would have been totally justified and then Harry would have been dead mm-hmm. <laughs> totally so yeah, don't treat your friends that way. Especially friends that literally stay you from being killed multiple times. Yeah, but also just none of your friends. That's like, it's not cute. It's not good. No one likes it. Don't do yeah. it. Okay, so the other thing that sort of already got brought up that we both had to talk about is... um. Harry's reasoning for going after the stone, which I wrote, this is literally what trauma looks like. He is playing it out so well for us. Yeah. He's in the state that I get in when I'm like, I need to go into this room and dump every single thing that is in here onto the floor and put it away again in a different order because my brain is a hot mess right now and organizing will make me feel like I have control over something. Harry, unfortunately is not just like organizing his trunk. He's putting himself and his friends in mortal peril, but that's like, that's what trauma does. That's what trauma does. And I feel like, I feel like as much as say like Hermione a little bit tries to be like how both Hermione and Ron try to be a little bit like, you know, Harry, maybe this isn't a great idea. Like, you know, maybe the adults can deal with it. I feel like both Hermione and Ron also desperately want to have some kind of control in their lives. So they also go along with this whole dangerous, dangerous plan, you know? And it's like, and I get it. Like you're a kid. And I feel that's part of the appeal, even reading it, reading these books as a kid, like, you know, when I was reading them, or like when people like read them as kids, it's kind of like Harry in a lot of times is in control of doing, of like uh, acting upon or like trying to deal with things that like he's afraid of or that he's like anxious about, or he's just like, this is, this is a thing that I think is wrong. I get to like deal with it without really any kind of adult interference. 
but like that is a problem <laughs> like and it's like and right like like i said earlier like his like complete inability to trust adults is like just is justified and also like one of the biggest sort of like i think just one of the kind of the biggest signs in the books about how harry's childhood abuse and neglect has like affected him where he's just like adults are fucking useless and the adults in the book don't ever like in this book don't ever reinforce that like mcgonagall like why like it's literally your job as head of house to fucking take care of your students like i do feel like she reasonably her behavior should be enough where she's like we've got it you're 11, go away. Like, that's, like, not an unreasonable response to the situation. She thinks it's fine. She doesn't know what Dumbledore has done, which is a problem. Dumbledore is a problem. (laughs) I have a whole thing about that for the next chapter, but yeah. Yeah, but... I do feel like she should, once she sees that they don't listen the first time, she should try to keep a closer watch on them. Or, I don't know, like, try to, like, like bring her to her office and, like, have some snacks and be like, okay, yo, listen. Right. Like, this shit is on lock. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, let me hear your concerns and let me, like, talk through you, like, you know. And, I mean, again, like, you know, she wasn't aware that, like, of like Quirrell necessarily, but like even though everyone else is aware of what Quirrell is up to, which is bizarre. Uh, yeah. 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 The, I feel like part of why I feel like part of Hermione's going along with it is that she knows intimately the state that Harry is in and she's like, okay. Right? Okay, we're gonna fucking humor this right now. Like, I gotta go with you because you're gonna go no matter what and I'm gonna try and keep you safe. But also part of it is that they've now been at Hogwarts for a year and they know that like, they know that something is up and they know that no adults are gonna help them with Mm -hmm. the situation. So they're right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they, uh, and that's the unfortunate, they are they are right. Like, it's like all the all those all the teachers are pretty useless. Yeah, you know, and yeah, and I'm just it just makes me upset that like McGonagall could have potentially maybe nipped this in the bud a little bit, mm-hmm. but like didn't. Right. And I mean, and the only thing I can kind of think of is, which is actually partially expl- partially because I saw a funny Harry Potter meme where someone was like. Having been to a school, I can't believe that, like, McGonagall didn't call, you know, Harry James. Because, like, if you're a teacher and you teach, like, siblings, sometimes you kind of cycle through the names, you Mm -hmm. know. And it just got really funny. It was like, ha-ha. But I'm also kind of like, I wonder if maybe at this point even McGonagall is thinking a little bit about a young James. Kind of like, oh, you're just fucking trying to make some trouble. Like, whatever. Like, I'm not going to hear you out, you know. That's a good point, because James had, like, a great supportive home life. Yeah, and also clearly was an asshole and wants, and liked getting into shit. Right. So, you know, and I mean, it wasn't even that long ago that, like, McGonagall taught him at her school, so 
Right. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. And I feel like, as a teacher who's been teaching for a long time, I'm sure that, like, and she probably sees a lot of people where it's like, she sees, like, their siblings, she sees people and then their kids. So she, it kind of probably all blurs together a little bit sometimes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is like not just which is not justification for the way that she addresses this, but it's maybe kind of like me by trying to be generous with like her sort of like not like sort of reassuring them about their concerns, especially when Harry's like, I know about the fucking stone. Yeah, yeah, I feel like though, like in general, like the way that we see her interact with Neville doesn't really give us reason to be super generous with her in terms of the way that she yeah, treats students. <laughs> Just a bummer. Yeah. So besides the NSA watch, the only thing that I have left is just that like kids are so fucking mean and I hate that everyone is still ignoring them. Kids are so oh. fucking mean. Over some bullshit. Yeah. Like, you don't even get anything cool for, like, being <laughs> first in the house cup. Like, you don't, it's not like you get, like, I don't know, a prize or a, like, thing. It's like, cool, there's some banners up at the end of the year. Like, who gives a fuck? Right. The house point, house points are the worst and should be abolished. That's how I feel about it. I'm that. with you, 100%. <laughs> yep. Uh. Hello. Hello. I um, put on my raccoon onesie because I have to. <laughs> the one source of noise in my home that I can control is putting a blanket over the heat vent so that when it kicks on, it's not really loud. <laughs> so it's very cold in the room I'm recording in right now. So just so everyone knows, I'm recording in a raccoon onesie. That's amazing. I feel like last time we recorded, I was in my narwhal onesie. Which, I don't know if you've seen that. I have, because you were wearing it last time we were recording. Yep. Anyway. There we go. <laughs> that is fucking adorable. You can see it. Oh my god. Animal onesies are the best. I love them. They're so good. I'm glad they make them in adult sizes, finally. I know. This is what I have instead of a bathrobe, because it keeps your whole self warm instead of your legs being really cold. And it's the best choice I ever made. Anyway, let's get back because we have limited recording time welcome not welcome all right it's time for which nsa watch i think we're probably just gonna both talk about dumbledore yeah and quote-unquote leaving the school (laughs) no 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 that that fucking didn't happen he fucking didn't go anywhere right yeah, right. I think that that's correct. He just lied straight up to McGonagall. He just waited. He waited for Quirrell to send the fake letter, I think. And then was like, all right, time to make myself invisible. Maybe he was down there. He refilled the potion. That's why there was still potion left for Harry to drink. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm confused, like... How far? Because Hermione says that they meet up with Dumbledore at the when they're coming up. I think he just rushed so, up there. Yeah, at some point. Long enough that, like, Harry nearly died. <sighs> yep. Yeah, and just the amount of evidence that we see in this obstacle course that he has been, like, 
fucking watching these children and like knows so much about them. Like, oh, there just happens to be a giant chessboard when Ron happens to be really good at chess. Right. Like, it's pretty, pretty unsettling. And I know that when we talk about the next chapter, we will talk about how exactly how unsettling it is. There are so (laughs) many fucking unsettling fucked up things that happen in the next chapter. But, I mean, it even starts when Harry and Ron and Hermione just relaxing by the lake. And then Harry's like, oh shit, Hagrid is the weakest link. We gotta go question him. And it's just like, Dumbledore's like, is he just like following Harry around this entire time? Like, is he like... Like, like what? Maybe he has, like, a whole house elf task force that he has following them around and reporting back. That wouldn't make sense. And, like, Harry would never Hogwarts know. does employ... Oh, employ. <laughs> Hogwarts does have enslave over a hundred house elves. Certainly they don't need that many house elves just in the kitchens and cleaning four common rooms. Maybe they're cleaning the rest of the castle. I guess that's kind of what I always assume, but maybe not. Cause like, Given uh, how much cleaning Filch is assigned, God, I can't wait to talk about Filch human rights violations. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So this has been Witch NSA Watch. Let's talk about education. Welcome to Education, where we talk about this goddamn school. I just, I feel like... Uh, like, people talk shit about schools in the U.S. I definitely will be the first person to say that the U.S. education system is backwards and fucked up. But, like, Hogwarts is terrible. Like, it just, I don't understand how any wizards and witches function. I mean, maybe they don't. I mean, it's kind of the whole point. But, first off, the their exams. Like, they seem like such bullshit. Like, I'm just like, what are you... What are, what? What are these things you're being tested on? Yep. And I'm like... Especially, like, History of Magic is, like, the worst. And I'm like... Really, though? Because their fucking exam, their practical exam for McGonagall... They're graded on how, quote-unquote, pretty their snuff boxes are, which is 100% subjective. There is no objective measurement of prettiness. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, my friends. That is absurd, and for what it's worth, if I found a snuff box with whiskers on it, I'd probably buy it. (laughs) <laughs> sounds great <laughs> that is that is actually that is actually fair yeah maybe McGonagall has like a grading rubric that's like is are the edges like have like gilded or like patterns is it, is it still furry <laughs> like I don't know okay so we went to this just wild museum I'll put a link to what it was in the show notes it had all this like old weird shit like anti-masturbation devices and like just bizarre 
bizarre things that people used in like the 1800s and early 1900s, including, for instance, a snuff box that was inside of a taxidermied ram's head that was like gilded with like weird chains and shit. Whoa. Right. So still furry, not a great like ruling out of how great a snuff box is okay like there are lots of ways to have a good snuff box but also why are you having 11 year olds make a snuff box this is true how do they even know what a snuff box is maybe i mean you don't ever see wizards smoking cigarettes maybe they just have like pipes and snuff because snuff is tobacco right are you looking it up we're both looking it up it's a race (laughs) who can do it first Powdered, oh, it's powdered tobacco that you snort. Why? 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 Delivering a swift hit of nicotine. So, traditionally it is snuffed or inhaled lightly after a pinch of snuff is either placed on the back surface of the hand, held pinched between the thumb and index finger, or held by a specially made snuffing, quote-unquote, device. Yeah, those little fancy spoons. The first video that's coming up on mine is Addicted to Snuff, Addicted to Pleasure. BBC. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. What's going on in the whole world? This is clearly what people in the witching world do, is they just have a lot of snuff. Don't do apparently. snuff, dude. Don't snort plant material. Yeah, that sounds like it's gonna run through your septum real quick. Right. I... I just well, they still they they still make this tradition. Modern flavors include bourbon, cola, and whiskey. Flavors? Oh yeah, no, you can add you're stuff talking to about, make it like chew, right? Not snorting. Snuff is usually scented or flavored with many blends of snuff, requiring months of years or special storage to reach maturity. Yeah, this is it has bizarre. Common flavors are coffee, chocolate, orange, apricot camphor cinnamon spearmint so that's just just running down the back of your throat i guess dude welcome to the health and science section (laughs) don't do this everyone snuff boxes are cute but like putting actual snuff sounds like you're gonna have a really terrible sinus infection always yeah um, I definitely have a picture of the Ram's Head snuff box somewhere, and so we can post it to our socials so that everyone can see that, you know, leaving your mouse as a mouse and still turning it into a snuff box could really be some considered art. <laughs> oh my god, or some, someone's failed uh, owl's practical. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the other thing is, like, I get that the line, trying to remember how to make a forgetfulness potion, is very funny. However, there's no way that you would ever have to memorize how to make a potion for an exam. Like, that's a terrible exam. You will always have access to the instructions when trying to make potions. Yeah, it's like being, like, bake a cake from scratch. I was just like... Right. I mean, you can. People do. But I'm like, why would I ever memorize that? Right. Or it's like, I mean, I feel like it's like being in chemistry class and them telling you to, like, make something from scratch. And that's very dangerous. You could definitely blow something up 
Like, they blow things up when they're following the directions in potions class. That's a terrible exam. Also, the fact that they have to take the exams in a room that is described as swelteringly hot. Whose decisions are these? Get a fan. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, it's just more of that lack of temperature control in this castle where it's either freezing or it's like you're going to pass out. It's too hot. Right, like bring in like a fleet of hippogriffs to just beat their wings and make it have there be a breeze in there. And you're wearing a goddamn probably wool witch hat. Oh my god. You hate everything. I hate this school. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, this school is bad. It's real bad, y'all. Um, I did write that Snape is so pleased with himself about assigning a forgetfulness potion that they have he to really is. <laughs> He's just very pleased with himself in this chapter. He wrote this what he considers probably a bomb ass riddle. <laughs> He's making everyone do a forgetfulness potion. He gets to mildly threaten Harry at the beginning of this at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah. Uh we need to talk about that whole that whole situation here. Mostly we have to talk about it because I insist on being able to insert the sound clip of Alan Rickman saying, People will think you. Up to something. (laughs) I mean, I support that. I support us entering in Alan Rickman quotes whenever we He just like really nails Snape, you know? does a really good job with that the drama the drama yeah he i mean he's just clearly having time of his life like just like selling the most most ridiculous character yeah uh it's really maybe one of the best parts about the movies yeah it's just watching alan rickman having the time of his fucking life yeah Man. this but this whole interaction that he has with them is just like, what the actual fuck are you doing? Why are you talking to them this way? Like, you can't, like, you can't force children to stay outside all day. Do they even have sunscreen in the witching world? No. <laughs> I, there's no way that they do. You can't, like, everything about this, everything about this is just, like, really. You can't just go around threatening children. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, it's such a ridiculous scene, and I love how sort of like Quirrell makes fun of it in the next chapter. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and it's like, you're really just not helping your cause, bro. You're just like, what What are you even doing? Like, aren't, aren't the like, teachers getting like drunk in the staff room because exams are over? Like, what the fuck are you doing? What is he doing? <sighs> yes. what else about this goddamn school anything i do have a few more things actually it's really weird that the kids don't know where dumbledore's office is (laughs) this is something we're gonna have to talk about so many times why is his office inaccessible like that's not how principles work no like why do you need a password 
Why is there no way to access your goddamn headmaster? And I mean, I get it. You keep a lot of weird shit in your office, but like... Maybe have a different office you're in during the fucking school hours when children need to be able to find you. Maybe have a secretary. Like, what the fuck? And especially since I feel like going to half of the head of houses is like... Would be bullshit for any of your, like needs as, as like a young person and you can't go to the headmaster because he's either never fucking here you can't get in his office or if you're like these like first years you don't even know what the fuck his office is like what it doesn't do you any good to know where his office is because it's guarded by a goddamn statue that you need a password to get past and you can't just be like hey statue could you tell dumbledore i'm here like you have no way of communicating to him that you need to talk to him and that is a serious goddamn issue it's a really it's a really pretty terrible oversight. Yeah. As is the fact that this school is structured in such a way that Harry doesn't feel like he can talk to anyone about these like very fucking worrying headaches that he's having. Right. I'm just like and he's like he brushes it off on her mind, he's like, maybe she should go to Madame Pomfrey, but I'm like, this is actually like it's keeping you up at night. Like, it's affecting your everyday, and you're just kind of like, whatever. I'm like, no, what? I mean, and that's actually maybe not the school. That might be, like, his upbringing with the Dursleys, who surely, whenever he was sick, just, like, ignored him until they didn't have a goddamn choice anymore. Yeah. But it's weird there's not, like, I don't know, aspirin, like, whatever the witching version of aspirin is readily available for, like, because people get hurt all the goddamn time. Like, Neville gets hurt in every chapter of this fucking book. Like, do they, like, they should be fucking handing out fucking painkillers or some shit. And, like, salve and, like, bandages. Like, what? Yeah. For sure. So, like, even if, so, like, Harry's just, like, suffering, like, for no reason. Because there's not even, and you have, like, one school nurse for this huge-ass school. And there's, like, not anything anywhere else he can, like, get any kind of, like... My, like, magical scar hurts a lot. Like, can I get some cream for that or something? And also, there's no counselor for him to go to about these fucking horrendous nightmares. Why? That he got watching Quirrell fucking drink out of a dead unicorn and almost kill him. Like, what? Yeah. No one was like, you're gonna need to speak with the school therapist. (laughs) I mean, because there isn't one, but, like... What is happening? I I think if there was, like, therapy in the witching world that was accessible, like, there wouldn't be any drama of, like, (laughs) the series. Uh Like, Tom Riddle would have gotten the help that he needed, gotten over his, like, understandable, maybe, childhood issues, and just been, like, a weird dude really into, like, dominance or something, you know? (laughs) Right. He would just, you know... Had a had like weird sex parties and just gotten his jollies off that way. Right? Yeah. Um, I have one more thing. Go ahead. For education. Why is there a readily accessible like trap door to a corridor that goes like probably a mile or two underneath the school? Like it's just in a corridor. You know, that everyone's like, Oh, that's weird that, that corridor is like locked. What? <laughs> great question what just and it like is never addressed in the rest of the series but i'm like 
And you're like, oh, we couldn't find a chamber of secrets? It's probably next door to this weird-ass chamber <laughs> underneath the school. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah. Maybe, I maybe they, may, maybe it's, like, sealed most of the time. It's under a rug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because castles are weird. In real life, castles are weird. They have a lot of weird shit in them. And, like, most, I, not most, whatever. There's, like, catacombs, I feel like, under a lot of castles and dungeons and shit. So, it might not be that weird. Although, like, how do you have a trapdoor in a stone floor? Yeah, that's true. That trapdoor weighs 500 pounds. <laughs> there is no way those kids opened that trapdoor. <laughs> I guess it could be metal. But then everyone would know it was there. Yeah, no, there's no. I feel like I don't want to even imagine what this area of the school was used for. <laughs> like, what is this good for? Besides, I don't know. Yeah, nothing, nothing good. I feel like no. Welcome to the health and science section. Where today we're going to be talking about death by falling. <laughs> so Tell me more. I, I will. Um, they claim that they have fallen miles beneath the school, which. They're 11. They're exaggerating. But they do say that the trap door looks like a postage stamp above them. So they have That's fallen really far. quite far. Terminal velocity for a human body is reached after 12 seconds of falling. And you, terminal velocity for a human is 120 miles an hour. My God. It's very fast. Children generally die from a fall. If a fall is above four to five stories, a child will die from the fall. A story is 14 feet. So like above, if we go to five, 70 feet from like the point at which like it's pretty much guaranteed a child will die from a fall. A mile is 5,000 or some feet. So they definitely didn't fall that far. But even just... If the math that I looked up is correct, even just if they fell for two seconds, they would have fallen 60 feet. And it sounds like they're falling for much more than two seconds. So no matter what they landed on, they should be dead. That's the moral of the story. Your chances of surviving increase based on the softness of what you land on with snow, like deep snow being basically the best case scenario. I just can't imagine that this plant is as like cushioning as deep snow (laughs) all in all they should be dead and then the second piece of this is just that it's so incredibly unlikely that they didn't all land on top of each other so that even if harry didn't die the other two should have killed him by landing on him this is very true yeah i feel like i it in Looking back, it seems as if I spent roughly two-thirds of my childhood watching Mythbusters. And when I think about that, (laughs) I think that roughly two-thirds of Mythbusters is busting myths having to do with the terminal velocity of falling humans. (laughs) So I feel like that really served me in this moment to be like, now, wait a second. I'm pretty sure I've thought about this before and I should go pull up some information. I'm about to say, is there like 
Mythbusters Harry Potter? Is that just... I feel like that's just our... What our corrections... <laughs> what our, like... I would... I would love to watch that. That would bring me a lot of joy. Mythbusters was a wonderful gift to humanity. That's a great show. I like that and stuff where it's like how stuff is made. I don't know why it's very soothing to me to see like (laughs) industrial factories making pencils or whatever. We were primed for that by (sighs) Sesame Street, I think. And Mr. Rogers always had like a segment where they'd make like graham crackers or like Chuck Taylors. I loved that Uh shit. Oh, so yeah, great. it is. Also, the beginning of, like, the original Willy Wonka movie, oh, yeah. where it's, like, the chocolate's coming out, and you're like, oh, so yeah. <laughs> Anyway. It's like the ASMR of our childhood. <laughs> oh, my God. Before, <laughs> yes, before we knew what AMSR yeah. was. Welcome to the corrections section. Ooh, I don't know if I've ever said it that way. <laughs> <laughs> rhymes anyway where we correct stuff you have real corrections my only correction is this is all ridiculous that's fair we don't know much about giant squids but i am pretty sure that there is no scenario where that where one would be sunning itself in shallow water like is ever like a thing like that's not a thing that squids do so and it, it's already weird it's in a lake because giant squids are like in the depths of the ocean that we don't even know what they do really so it's like how deep is this lake like how are the mer people and the like squid coexisting like i think this is not a squid they just call it a squid oh that's a i i right it's got to be a magical squid so maybe they just think it's cute to be like it's a giant squid muggles don't know anything about giant squids <laughs> And Hermione's like, but, at, well, I feel like maybe early 90s, maybe it was still kind of like, we've seen de- dead giant squids. We lo- know literally nothing about them. My other correction, which I found on my second read through and then got very angry about, is Ron's final chess move in this chapter is incorrect. Oh my god. Ron is playing... As the knight, knights can only move three squares at a time in an L pattern. In no universe is he moving one square forward to do anything as a knight. Holy shit. I I saw that and I'm like, I'm very upset. This is like basic chess. Oh my god, wait, what? Holy shit, that's he ste- huge. He, st- he steps forward one square to win. And I'm like, the, to get captured, I'm like, you should know. Okay. He maybe didn't complete his move. But if he steps forward, there are still a few different possible directions he can be moving on the board, though. If he moves forward, he could either go, like, I'm going to say left and right. But he'll, he still has. No, you're probably right. A big deal that is a that is a big fucking deal it, i guess the other thing that i can think of is that because ron has announced out loud the move that he's gonna make so she might just know he's like i'm gonna sacrifice myself and she's like great i'm ready that is true oh boy all right <laughs> this has been corrections <laughs> Welcome to the personals section. It's our first time having a personals, I think. 
So here's our personals. It says, Dear Hermione, I know that you have poor self-image and I know that you can't help that. So I just want to let you know that you have books and cleverness and friendship and bravery. You're the complete package. You're bringing more to the table than anybody. And everyone lucky enough to be your friend knows it. You deserve to know that you are making the world a better place and that you are certainly a better witch than Harry Potter. Signed, an anonymous admirer. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> it is. Leave on a heartwarming note. I love it. Yeah, um, the day that we're recording, whatever day this is, um, MogulNet tweeted that it, it is either the day or the year that um, Hermione Granger, a la in Chris Child, becomes Minister of Magic. And I just want to be like, she becomes Minister of Magic, as she should. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh. So. Good job, Hermione. We're we're rooting for you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Gaily Prophet. Next week, we will be reading the final chapter of The Sorcerer's Stone. So get read up on that. Even if you haven't been reading along with us, I would reread this chapter to be ready for the amount of feelings we're going to have about it. Uh, also, I have a very special surprise planned for you but also for jesse for that episode so um get excited uh if you're not following us on socials you are not living your best life so please go do that we are on instagram twitter and facebook all at the gaily prophet we also have a website which is the gaily prophet at gmail.com no that's our email address and our website is just thegailyprofit.com i'm good at words we're also on patreon patreon.com slash thegailyprofit if you want to find me in between episodes uh i'm on twitter at jesse underscore detroit and i'm on instagram at live from detroit and i've recently figured out how to use instagram stories so you should come check it out there if you want to watch an old person <laughs> talk about cleaning their house on Oh on my Instagram. god, you are selling yourself short. Don't do that. <sighs> anyway, it's fun. Come check me out on those places. Yeah. Um, and you can find me on the internet at my website, which is larkmalachi.com. L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com where you can learn about the work that I do, both my healing work with nutrition and coaching and stuff. And also you can learn about my uh, trans-inclusivity training for healthcare providers, where you can nominate your healthcare provider of any ilk. So whether they're like the hippiest of hippie providers or like a surgeon, you can nominate them to learn how to be better to trans people. So you should probably do that because most doctors suck. Uh, I'm also at Lark Malachi on Instagram and at Radical Healer on Instagram and nowhere else. Um, you guys should leave us a review on wherever you're listening to this podcast at. That helps people be able to find this podcast. Uh, it helps us know that you guys are listening and enjoying. And we really want to get up there in the charts so other cool people can listen to us talk about harry potter so please rate and review it takes like five seconds and it really makes our day 
we are also still running our giveaway. Once we reach 50 reviews across all platforms, we will be we're picking 10 names at random uh, to be given a sticker of our logo. And then one lucky person will get a t-shirt of our logo in their size. Heck yeah. Yes. Please do that. We really like it. And our show art is by Geo... God damn it. <laughs> is by Theo Julian Forrester, who also makes a comic inspired by the episode every week, which if you're not following us on socials, you're not seeing. And that's really sad. The last one had McGonagall in a top hat. And you know you want to see that because who doesn't? So get on it. Uh, you can find Theo at Theo Julian Forrester on Instagram. And the music in our spoiler warning and our theme song are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find that information in show notes. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin McLeod does like the free music in like every video I've noticed. <laughs> like I started paying attention and I'm like, if it's free music. So. Really, God bless you, Kevin McLeod, wherever you are. Right? It's just that, like, his website is so much easier to use than Free Music Archive. It's, like, so much better designed. There so, you go. Yep. Um, also, our spoiler warning was, is by Sarah Sarwar. Yeah. Until next time. Misdirection. Logic. Obstacle course. 112%. <laughs>